there isn't a whole lot that we know about or in between at the time of Jesus' birth in the manger and his adult ministry. In fact, there's really only one story about him as a youth, and that story is our lesson for today. It comes from the chapter from the book of Luke, the second chapter, verses 41 through 52. Friends, listen now for a word from God. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they traveled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me? he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, move your spirit in us this morning. Quiet in us any voices but your own and make these words pleasing to you. God, we pray these things in your name. Amen. For some reason, December and the seasons of Advent and Christmas have made me want to watch The West Wing. My husband is rolling his eyes because I've been watching that pretty much 24 hours straight for the past few days as I recover from my cold. The West Wing is a fictional TV show from the early 2000s, slightly before my prime TV watching time, but Netflix has made that gem available, available for a whole new generation of millennials like me. The West Wing follows the presidency of Jed Bartlett and his staff. As I've been re-watching the show this season, the staff has really stood out to me. We have Leo, the president's chief of staff, Toby, the director of communications, Josh, the deputy chief of staff, his assistant Donna, Sam, the speechwriter, CJ, the press secretary, Mrs. Lanningham, and Charlie. These people are all the president's people. They're Jed's people. They advise him, they nurture him, they're patient through his very boring and far too frequent Latin lectures. And they do their best to lift one another up 
so that they can all do their job of serving the president and leading the people well. They are each other's people. Now, at first glance, our scripture tells us the story of Mary and Joseph is perhaps their most embarrassing moment. But what it really tells us is a story of how Mary and Joseph were Jesus's people. Mary and Joseph had raised their son in faith. His parents had journeyed all the way from Nazareth to Jerusalem because in the Jewish faith, as Jesus was a boy, the law ascribed that one must pilgrim to the temple three times a year. However, for the farmers and the carpenters, like Jesus and his family, three times a year was pretty much impossible. Most people, like Jesus and his parents, they only made the pilgrimage once, and it was usually for Passover, like we find Jesus and his parents in our story today. Mary and Joseph had packed up their family. They packed clothes, food, snacks for the journey, and they all packed their 12-year-old boy, joining another caravan of observant Jews as they made a pilgrimage from their home in Nazareth to the temple in Jerusalem. They showed their dedication in nurturing their son's faith as they went to the temple every single year around the time of Passover. As a family and alongside fellow travelers, they worshiped and they praised God together. And after Passover, when the celebrations had ended, as it was time to return home, Mary and Joseph left with the caravan, assuming that Jesus was among them because that's what they knew to expect of their son. Thankfully, Mary and Joseph didn't live in a time where mom shaming on the internet was a thing. I can only imagine the wave of anxious sweat that overcame Mary and Joseph or how their stomachs dropped to their feet when they realized that their son, their pride and joy, was nowhere to be found. They frantically asked everyone around them about the last time they saw their son, Jesus. After a long string of hearing answers like, no, the last time I saw him was in the temple, and I don't know, I thought he was with you. Mary and Joseph turned around from their traveling friends to return back to Jerusalem. After three days of that sinking feeling in their stomachs, three days of praying to God for their son to be okay, three days of imagining every possibility of their son's demise and death, they eventually find Jesus, their son, in the temple, sitting among the teachers as they asked each other questions, and Jesus answered them with wisdom beyond his years. One can only wonder whether Mary was so overwhelmed with joy that all the scenarios she had been imagining over the past three days in her head were not real, or if she was furious at Jesus for not leaving Jerusalem when her and Joseph had left, or perhaps she was somewhere between those emotions. When Mary finally manages to ask Jesus what he's been doing for the last few days, Jesus responds in what I imagine to be a very calm manner, 
that sort of calm manner that further infuriates an already frustrated parent, saying, Of course I was here in my father's house at the temple. I can't believe you didn't think to look for me here first. Mary and Joseph didn't understand what their son meant that day when they finally found him. Yet Jesus returned with them back to Nazareth with his parents as he continued to grow and to mature in wisdom with his people. Jesus had people. In the Old Testament story that we read this morning, we read the story of one of the great prophets being surrounded and loved by a community of people that cared for him. We read of his mother, Hannah, and his father, Elkanah. Hannah had begged and begged God for a child, promising that if she did have a child, she would give that child to God. Hannah loved her son, Samuel, and she fostered his faith and service to God by letting him learn from the priest as he would eventually grow up to be one of the great prophets that anointed the first king of Israel. Samuel, too, was in a community of faith, a community of believers. It must have been hard for Hannah to leave her son and to only see him on rare occasions for the sacrifice. But she did it, trusting that he had people. Samuel had people. These two stories of faith aren't rainbows and butterflies or picture-perfect families that you see on Instagram or Facebook around the Christmas season. They tell the story of the importance of having people because faith isn't something that is formed on our own in the silence of our rooms, the stillness of our homes and offices. Faith is something that is formed in community. Communities and faith families aren't always perfect. I'm sure Mary and Joseph could attest to that. Their story of losing their son in Jerusalem, not checking to see if he was with them, is a messy story. Looking at it now from our time when everything can be filmed and posted, it's easy to judge one another's parenting decisions. It's easy to think that Mary and Joseph might be mortified to have this story of them leaving their son behind forever ingrained in the world's most popular book. But besides this being a tragic parenting mishap for Mary and Joseph, the story reveals to us the humanity of Jesus, the humanity of the one who came in a manger, the one that we sing joy to the world about. The story tells us that God is found too in the messiest moments of family. Mary and Joseph were Jesus's people. They loved him and they raised him to love God. They supported him and they helped him to grow in his faith and love of God. They were his people. Who are your people? If you were left behind at a temple, who would come looking for you? Who has nurtured your faith? 
And whose people are you? Whose faith do you nurture? Who are you loving? In my Advent devotional time on the 23rd, the, it was a poem, and it was about being each other's people. And these are the words that I'll leave you with today. Just to be clear, I did not write this myself, as that is not my spiritual gift. These are the words from Sarah R. Listen. When Adam saw Eve, the first thing he said was, At last. And when I fell in love, God became real faster than I could ever imagine. When my brother was born, I learned the size of my heart. And when my mom held my hand, I knew the love that willed that heart to start. And without them, how would I know love? Without others, how would I learn grace or music, confidence or trust? And without the sun, how could the earth grow life? And without you, how could I know God with green eyes, God with brown skin, God with wrinkles, God within? So I've come to believe we belong to one another, families and friends, neighbors and strangers. We belong to one another. And I've come to see the space between you and me as nothing short of holy ground. So take off your shoes and draw near, together where God is found. Friends, who are your people? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen.